0: Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit that was given to us on Pentecost. And thank you for the way he has led us and, uh, and, and taught us all over these years. Thank you for the way he has burdened us with the burden of the heart of God to see a lost world. Jesus looked at his disi- told his disciples to look up. They must have been busy with the bread or with the food or with uh, shaking hands. I don't know what, they must have been busy. And he said, stop it, look up. And they looked up at that city wall and the door opened. And out of that door came those people rushing out as the woman from the well went and called them. And these men of the city came rushing out and he said, lift up your eyes and see. Look at those guys running and coming. The harvest is plentiful. Evangelism is not the problem. There's not enough people to get out there. There's not enough people to get out there and to and to harvest what God has yielded. We are busy in our own lives. We lack the burden and we ache the heart of God as we are busy with our own agendas while God's heart beats for the masses, for those who are sick, for those who are dying, for those who are hurting, for those who are living their lives without His love and without His support, without His word, without His voice. Oh God, that our door might be always open. And any and everyone you bring through that door, we would be given the capacity to love. That covenant life would be a community where when anyone walks in, they meet Jesus and everybody who's trying to act like Jesus. And they would know what real love is. Father, may this be an ongoing... You've already answered that. You've already filled this church with amazingly beautiful people who are broken and humble and have made us a community. But Lord, would you continue that? And Father, would you expand us to be in other cities as well so that we may take this same gospel uh, to other places? Use this gospel, I pray, O God. It's the power of God unto salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Is your heart ready to listen to God's word? Almost everything you are today, almost everything you are today, the way you make decisions, the way you take on challenges, the way you see new changes and new chapters in your life, the way you form new relationships, the way you take criticism, the way you handle failure, every single thing is because of what has been said to you. Words that have built you, words that have made you who you are. Mummy's words, daddy's words, friends, church, family, schoolmates, teachers, words have built us. It is because of what has been said to you by people who matter. Words have built you or broken you, encouraged you or crippled you, taught you or disadvantaged you, led you or misled you. Key people Critical words. You are who you are. Not because of the chicken you ate. But because of the words that were said to you. If we have been fed lies and we've believed it, God's word will reset that belief system and give us the truth to rebuild our lives. If you have been lied to. And many of us have been lied to. As we live, if we encounter lies, if we encounter untruths, God's word will alert us to the fact, incoming lie, incoming lie, that's a lie. Uh Uh-uh, no, don't believe that. Uh Uh-uh, no, God's word will do that in the system. And it will protect you and give us the wisdom to seek the truth. If you're living a lie, if you're living a lie, if you're living a double life, if you have a dark side of your life if you are living a false christianity then the word of god will lovingly warmly draw you out of that and make you genuine make you authentic so that you don't feel like a hypocrite today i want us to think about how god's word when in our hearts in the system on the d- the hard drive when it's there it helps us discern between truth and the lies we are fed because you're fed lies Day in, day out. Television, teachers, leaders, politicians, billboards, textbooks. There is untruths and there's lies and there's deception. Definitely from preachers and pulpits as well. Let me, let me, let me detour. We also have an affinity to lies. There's, there's a part of us that likes lies. It's been part of our... Life from childhood. Sometimes even we know it isn't true, but we really want to believe it. So we believe it. Dr. Charles Ford said, Lies support our sense of self esteem, power, and individuality. Dr. Ford's philosophy is that lying is the part, it's the part of the bridge between. The internal world, that's my beliefs, my perceptions, my preoccupations, my expectations, my fantasies. It's that bridge between that world and my external world, my outside, my people, my responsibilities, my job, my have-tos, must-dos. Lies work not only to deceive others but also to deceive ourselves. Half the time we're walking through life and the biggest person we're lying to is ourselves. One of the words we use is called Denial. We walk about in denial. The word denial is lying to yourself. The need to face hard truth, painful truths, seek strength, healing from God, listen to me, requires truth in the inward part. Truth in the inward part. Look at Psalm. We're here. Look at Psalm 51, verse 5 and 6. Behold, I was brought forth in in iniquity. Again, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Behold, you delight in truth. Who's you? God. You delight in what? Truth. Where? In the inward being. And you teach me wisdom. Where? In the, see, God wants you to be at least truthful to yourself. God wants you to be true to yourself. God wants you to be a man of integrity, a woman of integrity. Deep inside, you are telling yourself the truth and you're not living off a lie. Not that you're not living a lie, but you're living off. Let me tell you four ways lies comes about. Four sources of lies. Are you ready for this? Number one. Four sources where lies come. Satan lies to us. Did you know that? (laughs) Jesus said Satan is the father of lies and lies is his mother tongue. If Satan could have a mother Right? Lies is his mother tongue. When he speaks, you could be sure he's telling you a lie. lie. And Satan lies to believers because he wants to mess up your life. He lies about your worth, what your value is. You're nothing. You are nothing. You'll never change. You're a failure. He lies about God's purposes. Peter was telling Jesus, you don't have to do this. This is not good. This is not good for your career. not good for your resume. Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. No, I'm Peter. No, you're Satan. He lies about God's purposes. He lies about God's promises. Has God really said? Is that familiar? Who said that? The serpent said to Eve. Has God really said that? So even the promises of God are up for grabs depending on the moment. Look at this passage of scripture, where Paul is hurting for the people in Corinth, for the church in Corinth. And he says this, I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts, mm -hmm, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. He's worried that Satan is throwing lies at you. He's worried that Satan is going to take your heart away, draw your heart away from pure and sincere devotion to the Lord Jesus. Who lies to you? Satan lies to you. We lie to ourselves, another source of lies. Life gets complex, relationships get sticky, loneliness creeps in, and sometimes we just feel the need to bend the truth to make it through the week. We need our lies to keep the pain tucked away where it cannot get to us, that deceitful heart of ours has a way of making it easy for us to be okay with the lie. Hmm. Jeremiah says in 17.9, he says, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. We, who can understand it? Until, of course, the Lord Jesus, the Spirit of God comes in with a scalpel of his amazing precision of the word. And he says in Psalm 139.23, Search me, O God, know my heart, try me and what? Know my thoughts. What do you mean by know my thoughts? He says, get engaged. Tell me what's true, what's not. Look into my heart. Tell me, am I feeling right or not? These are my feelings. What do you think? These are my feelings. What do you th- These are my thoughts. What do you think? Check me, Lord, check me. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be taken away, dragged away out of my comfort zone or out of my promises, or out of my faith by my feelings. Lord, check the truth in me. So that's Jeremiah and the psalmist talking about their own experience. These lies don't just cover up the pain in life, mind you. They actually make it harder for us to grow in faith. And we've gotten so numb, we've gotten so numb that we don't even see the damage that these lies do to us. Can I give you five examples? Five lies that we lie to ourselves. Number one, I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm okay. No, you're not. I'm okay. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I'm okay. We don't like to dig around inside and examine too much. In fact, who's got the time for that, right? You know, all the good things in life, meditating, going for walks, eating slowly, spending time with your children, spending time with older people, Older people, Buzur, older people. The best things in life require unhurried time. time. You don't have the time for all that nonsense. you are busy people, 21st century, Otto. I'm okay. He says, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Let us examine ways and test them and return to the Lord. Remember, I'm not studying the scriptures this morning. I'm telling you how scriptures, I'm just giving you samples of when you're reading, when you're eating, when you're enjoying the word of God, how the word of God will come to you and tell you exactly what you need to hear. That's why you need to hear more than a sermon on Sunday morning. That's why you need to be in the word on Sunday morning. You need to be allowing that. Every man for the master and his mission. What, who is my master? What is his mission? I need to let him feed me. I need to get into the word. I want every single one of us familiar with your Bible. If not, at least on your phone, familiar with you Version, having a plan, digging it out day after day, sticking to it and allowing you, yourself to be filled with the truth-giving word of God, the life-giving word of God. Tell me. When you're eating food, I have to come back to this at some point. When you're eating food, right, at the moment that you're eating your curry and your you know, paratha with a little bit of makhandas uh, that's been melted on top, you know, and the uh, onions that are in the vinegar, and just give me the khatta meethan, you know, that, that thing <laughs> While you are eating, is that food benefiting you nutritiously? While you are eating, is it benefiting you? Okay, forget the paratha with the makhan. Just your dal and rice, for goodness sake. Just that everyday food, the vegetables, the broccoli, you know. While you're eating, at the moment that you're eating it, is it benefiting you? No, that time you're just eating. So we make it tasty so that it goes down, right? When does it benefit you? When it's gone into the system and the system is doing its work while you sleep, while you rest, while you work, over the next 12 to 18 hours, the system is hajamifying. The system is hajamifying your food, breaking it down and getting the nutritious value from your food and giving it back to you. Here's the problem. We open the Bible and we want it to do something amazing, miraculous at the time that we're reading it. It's not going to. You read because you must read. You read because it has to go into the system. And the more you put in the system, you can say, I'm full, I'm well fed. And later on, the spirit of God plus your spirit will go to work to make it happen. Load up load up load up what's the first lie i tell myself i'm okay the second lie i tell myself no one will ever find out no one's ever going to find out if we're looking for justification to do something stupid something dumb this is where we start no one, no one's going to find out i'm all all alone i'm all, you know i'm on holiday i'm on a business trip i'm all alone i'm on a weekend nobody's at uh uh-uh. uh The psalmist would say to you, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. Lie number three, I tell myself, no one will get hurt. This is only between me and, you know, no one's getting hurt from my thing. Number four, that's just the way I am. (laughs) That's just me, (laughs) like it or lump it. That's just me. You, you don't like the way I talk? Uh, that's just me, you know? You just have to accept me as I am. This modern day world of individuality and everyone is unique and all that nonsense. We are all like somebody else. From the moment you were born, you were copying somebody else. You even look like someone else. But the point is, you lie to yourself saying, no, you can change. God can move you. You don't, have to be, you don't have to excuse yourself with all your warts and, and, and rough edges and get others to change to accept you. You can change and God can give you the strength. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's still working on me. Make me what he wants me to be. The sun and the stars. Jupiter, something like that. And the fifth one I say is, uh, I'll deal with that tomorrow. That's the fifth lie we'll tell ourselves, I'll, tell, I'll deal with it. You know, you know the problem with tomorrow? It's always tomorrow. Tomorrow and ever becomes today, ever, and we never actually do it. And here's the real issue, let me tell you the real issue between your heart and mine. If you don't want, circle want, if you don't want to do it today, you're not going to want to do it tomorrow. Because you're not going to change. The day changed, the date changed, but you didn't change. So if you don't want it today, you're not going to want it tomorrow. Your will has to bend. So then today or tomorrow doesn't make a difference. You'll even do it today. That's the heart of procrastination. I'll deal with it tomorrow. So the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Be encouraged one another daily be, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened in sin's deceitfulness. In sin's deceitfulness. All right, okay? The four four ways people lie. Satan lies to us. We lie to ourselves. People lie to us. People lie to us. All the time people lie to us. To keep our pretenses, to abuse our trust, to want us to think well, of them authorities lie to us leaders try to us even parents lie to us in order to uh, uh, you know engage their own interests and finally we lie to God we lie to God we know he we know he knows we know he knows because God knows everything right you even say God knows <laughs> you say that if he knows everything then he knows the lies and we see even still even lie to God Lord if you get me out of this mess if you turn this, if you give me some more money, if you make her like me, I will, I will give you more, I will do more, I will fanana, fanana, it's rubbish. We lie to God, God knows that and God is such a good father, he gives it to you anyway. He gives it to you anyway. Alright, let's get on with it. And I'm just cruising here, I'm just going through this, not, everything is not a full point, we're just trying to... Think through, why is it important for you and your Bible to be engaged on a daily basis? Let me look at eight areas where the Bible will go to work in your life, where the Word of God will go to work in your life. Areas of your life. Could there be more than eight? Absolutely. But we don't have that much time, do we? Let's go for eight, okay? Number one, the lies we're told about ourselves. The lies we're told about ourselves. Primarily your self-worth. Even what you deserve. Even your expectations. You've been told you're an accident. You've been told you're an accident. You've been told you're a failure. You've been told you are forgotten. You've been told you're a loser. Those are lies. It doesn't matter who said it. It just matters what has been said. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free from the lie that's eating you up. People build their lives on this, you know that? People's words are so powerful, they build their lives on it. Even an older brother or a younger brother can make or break your life and your ability to, to face life just by the words that they've always said. And when the same lie is said once, you're like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, but when three, thing, three times it's said, over. Or three people say the same thing, it's sealed it's sealed. Remember, by people who matter, critical words. From people who matter, critical words. When people who are loved by you or you love dearly, they say things that hurt you, Or they say things you begin to believe because they've said it two, three times. You need the word of God to tell you the truth. Otherwise, you will begin to believe that that is the truth. You're an accident. You're a failure. You're forgotten. You're a loser. Look at what what, uh, Ephesians says. Paul says to the church in Ephesians. He says, how blessed is our God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ. Listen to this and takes us to high places of blessing in Him. Long before He laid down earth's foundations, He had us in. Wow! Long before, look at me, look at, long before the foundations of the world, He had you in mind. You were a complete person. You had a name. You had a personality. You had a relationship with him in his mind. He had already birthed you, imagined you, formed you, and loved you. And he already decided, should you break a covenant with me, I'll send my son to the cross to die for you so that nothing comes in between us. Even before you could even say, before you could come into existence, before, before you could live, a single day. The psalmist says in 139, oh yes, you shaped me from first inside, then outside. You formed me in my mother's womb. You know me inside out. You know my every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing to something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. You have no idea how precious you are. And people are evaluating you on your height, on your marks, on the color of your skin, your political affiliations your scholastic affiliations your ethnic affiliations and god is like what before there was an ethnicity to him, to discriminate on i loved him his name was in my book before you could have a book When you get down to the brass tack and you go to the God who has loved you to that intensity and you sit with them and you open the mighty oracle of God and you don't treat it like a, a holy, like a religious book, but you, you don't look for tips for the day. You don't look for inspiration. You get to it, Lord, hit me with some truth today. Hit me with some truth today. The lies like darkness is going to flee the room when you put a floodlight on. You will know the lies in your life and you will be able to counter them. Easy. The lies we're told about ourselves. My brother, my sister, my friend. You have been lied to over and over and over again. And that's the truth. But God wants you to be filled with the truth. So that you'll be able to recognize a lie when it hits you. Right at the moment it comes to you. Number two. The lies we're told about happiness. Oh, happiness. If you have this, you'll be happy. If she says yes, you'll be happy. No, you won't. If you get another job, you'll be happy. If you move to another place, you'll be happy. If there are a few more people out of your life, you'll be happy. If you ate better, you'll be happy. You no 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 no. The lies were told about happiness. You deserve happiness. Who who, who said that? Let me challenge it to you right now. Whoever said that, who said that? No, I deserve everyone, we all, we I deserve to be happy. Who said that? No, bad things mustn't happen to me. Only good must happen. Who 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 said that? Who are you? Why are you more special than anybody else? Truth. Your value doesn't come from there. You are valuable. You you are valuable. But that's not where it comes from. Not from a place where now you deserve. Now you deserve it. The lies we are told about happiness. Psalm 16, You make known to me, and this is how the scriptures will inform you and reconstruct you. You make known to me the path in life. Your presence there is fullness of joy. Your presence is what? Fullness of joy. Happiness is not a feeling. It's a place. It's the presence of God. Happiness is not a feeling. It's a place. It's the presence of God. You want to be happy? Get in the presence of God. So the Bible will tell you the truth. At your right hand are pleasures for how long? Pleasures for how long? It's going to last till Saturday morning? No, it's forever more. The lies we're told about happiness. The lies we're told about being good enough. Being good enough, nothing bad should happen to me because I'm actually a very good person. I'm actually a very good person. I'm actually a very, you know, if you got to know me, I'm quite nice. No, I haven't done anything in my life like something. so, So when things happen that are not good, things that happen that are not Our brain is not able to compute why this is happening to us. We go back to the lies we've been told, either by Satan or by ourselves or by others, that we deserve a life, that we are good people, therefore bad things mustn't happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people! There, I told you. Bad things happen to good people. And you know why God doesn't super, oh Peter, sorry Peter, oh sorry, no, no, no. The reason God doesn't do that is because he's planning an eternity of happiness. He's planning eternal life for you. With a perfect body, perfect emotions, perfect brain, and no memories from earth. No memories from earth, no friends from earth also. God is planning an eternity of blessed perfection for you. He's not going to come and fix your mess here. So you keep your eyes on eternity. That's the kind of stuff the Bible will tell you when you're reading his word. The lies about happiness. The lies about being good enough. Our anxiousness is like filthy rags, the Bible says. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Number four, uh, the lies we're told about individuality. Have you heard that? Individuality. Now with social media, with everyone studying a little bit outside of the country, and kind of like it's all now one big world, yeah? (laughs) Everybody's into individuality. This is me. I decide who I am. And nobody else defines me, which is the biggest lie ever. It's The biggest lie ever, because you're copying everybody around you and you want to be unique. You know? You want to be unique like everyone else. And you begin to believe that your individuality is your right to define your life and your life's purpose. It's a lie. I decide from now on, from today onwards, I am a woman. <laughs> Do you think I'm joking? From today on, I'm a woman. I'm going to act like a woman, dress like a woman, think like a woman. I am a woman from this on. And it's my decision because I am an individual. How many d- angels have died laughing? I don't know. <laughs> you know, we, only when we get to heaven, we'll know how many angels have fallen on the floor, dying laughing. When a five foot five, six foot tall human flesh and blood bit with one mosquito goes straight. Oh, you, you, I, I don't you. Hockey on an earth that's—we just stand here and make tall claims. <laughs> you can do it your own way, individuality. You don't need God. You don't need anybody else. You don't need marriage. You don't need any anybody's help. You need—you you need to become something of yourself. From birth, we've been told you need to become something of yourself. You need to stand out. You need to stand out. Okay, all that sounds great. It's a lie. It's a lie. Let me tell you why. Satan has been helping you with this lie from every possible angle. He'll never come and tell you himself because he'll always speak through people you trust. Because if Satan came to you and he spoke to you, you'll be like, you're ugly, I don't like you. <laughs> but if Satan came through a loved one, you'll believe it. If he come through authority, you'll believe it. And he comes to you, and let me tell you why he tells you this lie, leave her, she's useless, leave her, You don't, don't, don't build this relationship, she, she said that to you, right, you deserve to be happy, leave her, He's, he, your husband is not uh, uh, whatever, leave him, leave him, leave, 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 and when everybody has left you, you are all alone, and isn't that what the wolf wants, and we get trapped in this lie, standing all alone, all alone. (laughs) And then you're alone, and you say, tell everybody, I'm so lonely. (laughs) What did you think was going to happen? The lies we told about individuality, it is Satan's strategy for your loneliness. We're threatened by other people's success, separate. Divide. We're threatened by other people's partnership. No, no, I want to do this on my own. He'll take all the credit. We're threatened by other people's strength. Oh, they'll overpower me and I will become nothing. Every man for himself, we have been told, we have been lied to. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. For as in one body we have many members, and members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body. I love this last part. Listen to it. Watch it carefully, word by word. And individually individually members of one individually members of one another see you don't lose your individuality when you get into a relationship god has created us for community god is a community god is a community and yet we say god the father god the son god the holy spirit and yet we say we have one god but god the father god why is it maintained there because there's no sin they love each other they support each other they obey each other and they are perfect Sin is what destroys us and makes us want to be alone so that we can become something of ourselves at the end of which we become nothing of ourselves. Individually, members of one another. Number five, lies we've told about our physical appetite. Lies we've been told about our physical appetite. Are you feeling hungry? You're hungry? Are you feeling hungry? Kalo, it's good, kalo, kalo. You just had a burger, are you feeling hungry? Kalo, you know. And what are we told? No, whenever you feel hungry, whenever you feel anything, whatever your appetite is, it'll make you happy. See, if you don't get what you want, you'll become all crabby and everything. And most people, parents, mothers, teachers, friends, spouses, we, we want you to have what you want so that you'll be nice to me. Yes, no, hallelujah. And we spoil one another, we don't tell each other the truth, and we have been taught, if you're hungry, eat. And the truth of the matter is, If you're hungry, don't eat. The truth of the matter is that the biological system, the the digestive system has been made for one meal. Trust me, I've done the research. (laughs) I needed two. (laughs) One meal. So here's what happens. You eat a meal, healthy meal, good meal, full meal. Once you've eaten the meal, over the next eight hours, that meal goes through the system and it gets everything out into bits and pieces, this is my way of putting layman's terms, into bits and pieces, separating everything that's required and sending it now into the lower intestine for it to absorb the nutrition. Once, over the next four hours, from eight to 12 hours, it absorbs the nutrition and once all the nutrition is absorbed, then for the next four hours, from 12 to 16, it is sending the nutrition to every cell of your body. The blood is taking it to every blood cell. it's taking it to every cell of the body. You know. And, and, and God has put systems in you so that good, healthy nutrition is sent to every cell, from energy to nutrition, to vitamins, to antibodies, everything is being sent so that you'll become healthy. And your whole body receives the goodness of that one meal from 12 hours to 16 hours. From 16 hours to 18 hours, you are normal, nothing of the digestive thing is happening. You are light, you can study, you can... It's called fasted state. You you can study, you can focus, you can hunt. You can do everything that's needed for your best life. And this is usually the morning hours because the previous 16 hours are morning hours. And once you have done that, you finally get to a place where you're ready for your second meal because the first meal has been, say it, (laughs) hajamafied, right? Gone through the whole thing. No, no, naiji. what do we do? Breakfast is not even a memory yet. It is not even a memory yet. No, forget about remembering it. You can taste it. But already lunch is ready. Lunch is ready. Lunch is, lunch is and Now it's ready. Right? Now what are you going to do? You're not going to delay it. Lunch is ready. like It's the first thing you've ever done this century. And you eat three meals a day. You're hungry because you eat so much. You're hungry because you feed your appetites. Not because you don't. And when you feed three meals a day, that's 21 meals in a week. Whereas you should have had seven meals, now your system has given up. like, I don't know what to do. I I, I don't know what to do. Cells are wondering, I any order order Amazon, Amazon's order, what's going on pe, Okay. And then the food never gets to anything because it's just all pushing. It's just... You people think I'm joking. (laughs) The lies we're told about our physical appetite. If we can feed our indulgences, I will feel happy and I will feel wanted. So to be happy, I eat, and then because my stomach is upset, now I'm unhappy. Number six, the lies we're told about what we deserve. I've already covered this. I deserve happiness, I deserve success, I deserve second chances. The lies we're told about God. The lies we're told about God. He's dead, God is dead. He doesn't exist. Debates about God's existence, very He doesn't care. God doesn't care. Look at Wuhan. Look at look at what's happening. Coronavirus. Look at the terrible things that are happening in the world. You think this is God who cares? You think there's a God? If he's, if there was a God and he's a good God, then where is he? Where is he? He's behind you, brother. He's right behind you, and you're in big trouble. Because when you turn your back on God, where is God? Just logic. Just logic. Lies about God. He condemns people. God is a God sitting in heaven. He's condemning people. Every time you do sin, that's God. God is good to others, but he's not good to you. It's a lie. God is good to others, but he's not good to you. He'll answer others' prayers, but he won't answer your prayers. Lies about God. He has forgotten you. He is gone. Number eight, lies we are told about the purpose of our lives. Lies we're told about the purpose of our lives. Purpose of ourselves, purpose of the glory of God, purpose of his pleasure. Everything God started in him and find its purpose in him. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says you created everything for and it is for your pleasure. They exist and we were created for you. You were not created to be pleasured, You were created to be the pleasure of somebody else. And we were not taught that. We were lied to that we are God. Therefore, everything exists for my pleasure. No, it doesn't. No wonder you're always dissatisfied. And when you get on board with the truth, you begin to enjoy true happiness. Let's close this. All this to say... All this to say, the Bible speaks into every area. The Bible will reprove you. The Bible reassure you. The Bible reconstruct you. The, ri- the Bible will renew and revive you in areas of your life that are deadened. I need to believe that when I pick up God's word, when I open God's word, when I read God's word, it won't bounce out to me and inspire me right in the moment. Like food doesn't do anything for me while I'm eating. When I put it into the system, then it does its work. God's truth it belongs in the inner parts. God, say it with me, God's truth belongs in the inner parts, in the inward being, in the secret heart. Put it there, brothers. Put it there. God's word is reliable, trustworthy. I can build my life on it. All scripture, let's read this together. 2 Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So we need to pray like the psalmist David prayed in Psalm 119. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes so that I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your promise, your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. How serious are you about the word? How serious about you spending time, about having the truth the virus, antivirus system in your life so that you can face truth, know truth, identify truth? How much time are you willing to give God for him to speak into your life with his truth? If you cannot love God's word, you cannot trust God's word. You cannot trust God's word, you cannot know God's word. To be able to love God's word, you need to trust his word. To be able to trust his word, you need to love his word, Uh, to, to, to know his word. So you start by what, love or know? By no, you know the word. Once you know the word, you trust the word. When you trust the word, you now love the word. You want to start with loving, it's not going to work. Start with knowing the word. It's going to be boring. It's going to be chunky. It's going to be, you won't get it. Just just eat. Know the word of God. Devote yourselves to the scriptures, to the knowledge of the word of God. Today, start today. Write down, I commit this day that I'm going to do this, this, and this. I, if you need to get a Bible, get a Bible. If you need to get a guide, get a guide. If you need to get a Bible reading plan, get a Bible reading plan. Download version. Download one of those good Bible apps that help you to keep track. For the next 26 days, don't give up. Every single day, even if it's 11.40 at night, don't give up. Even at 11.40 at night, make sure that you read it in this date. Make sure that the Bible is going into you every day because Satan is lying to you every day. Come up with a plan. Love yourself enough to get truth into your system. I love you. That's why I have the audacity and dare to tell you everything as it is. I'm not here for popularity. I tell you the truth. Father in heaven, would you take this truth and this commitment that people are making right now as the Spirit of God is speaking to them and wooing them to become Bible readers, Bible lovers, Bible meditators, Bible engagers. Lord, would you do your work in allowing us to, without the influence of the devil or influence of the laziness or influence of the flesh, I ask you in Jesus' name, they would be able to make a commitment and let that commitment be sealed by the Spirit of God that is in them. And as a partnership, I pray that you would remind them, not iPhone, not iMessage, not, 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 not any calendar or remind. You remind them, God. Spirit of God, you remind them. You draw them into fellowship. I dare you, God, that even the guy who's sitting here, who's least interested in what I'm saying, by Wednesday night, I pray that he would get a taste for your word. By Wednesday night, his heart would be torn open and fill it with your love and your promises. Leave no one untouched. Speak, Lord. Speak. This is your people. You die. I did nothing for them. You died for them. I gave nothing to them. You've given your life for them. You've loved them from beginning to the end. Would you do this one thing? I ask you. In Jesus' name. Amen.